Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast. Coming up on today's show, we have Greg Schwartz from Bleacher Report joining us for a bunch of fun things, both 2016 finals adjacent. We'll let him explain that and some fake trades that he came up with. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode before we introduce our guest just want to let you know that if you do hear a little bit of humming in the background of my audio in particular uh there's just grass cutting going outside and uh you can you can change that if you just listen to the podcast so many times that evident that i make enough money that i can soundproof my office at my house anyway evan damrell's with me but our special guest dialing in is greg schwartz which report greg how you doing buddy what's up what's up it's good to be back I think at this point we should, I think I should just, I want to say this on the air, but I also just want to book this and put etch it. I want, I think we need to book you like every other week. Is that cool with you? You say this every time I'm on and then well, Greg, three here, months go by, I don't hear from you. And Greg, it's like, wow, okay, it's, I guess, it's, I guess I suck and they don't want to have me back. It's been about a year since we really had Greg, the, Greg, the other thing is that Evan and I were like, th- both just got like exhausted and just like, there's a week where we didn't do anything. Like we're, we just got like that this last season, like really grinded us again. People can listen to the podcast so much that Evan and I like can just like do this all the time, or at least me like Evan, Evan has redacted news. We can't talk about yet, but um, listen to the podcast so many times that I can just do this and that'd be great. But I, I am a loyal listener and I know I you're get on here. here and I listen to Evan talking about Fortnite every time and he plays with Thanos <laughs> and he's so excited. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, this guy's got to be about 30. How is he still excited about this? And but part of me is like, wow, I remember playing wow, video I, games. And I, yeah, that I, stuff I, used to be fun. I am really here for the Evan uh, shenanigans because Evan really comes to me a lot, and I I don't always appreciate it. But Greg, I want you, I'm going to clear the floor for you. We're going to do like Kyrie game seven, clear out here for you. We're going to let you bring up the ball, take your shot. It's, you released and released a very cool project that we're going to talk about. I want you to tell everyone all about it in case that they're they're living under uh, rocks and uh, haven't seen it already. Haven't seen it or read it already. You really stuck the landing there, man. Fuck off. That's, a, that's an OU grad for you. Yeah, there you go. Unbelievable. All right, I'm, I'm, Unbelievable. I'm going to take the wheel and get us back on the road here. All right. Because uh, so, Akron's a yeah. commuter school? Yeah, exactly. I did, I did commute to it, yes. Um, but you know what? On foot through the wind tunnel to ASEC and I didn't, I questioned my decisions a few times, but never, never change Akron. Love you. Love you, Akron. All right. All right. So the project that I put together is, you know, obviously a couple of weeks ago was the five-year anniversary of, you know, the greatest time of all of our lives, which was the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers championship. And, you know, going into this year, I, I knew the anniversary was coming up. I wanted to do something to kind of celebrate it. I didn't, I didn't want to write a book. Books have been done before. Um, 
and 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 they've been done very well. So I wasn't going to write a better one. Um, but I want to do something to just kind of like, I don't know, to commemorate it. Um, and it, cause it, it was, I mean, it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal, especially for, you know, people who covered the team at the time. Um, I was the Cavs lead writer for bleach report, a position that was basically eliminated as soon as LeBron left in 2018. And they said, yeah, if you want to stick around, you got to cover the entire league. And I said, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So I did, um, so I, one of the things that I kind of like is um, if anybody follows uh, Shea Serrano uh, on Twitter, um, just the all around great guy, so creative. Uh, he, he's released books, um, does a lot of charity work. And uh, one of the projects he does is he does illustrated essays and he's done them on just, you know, fun topics. Like he's done them on the office. He's done them on scrubs um, and they're, they're light reads. They're, they're, they're PDFs that, you know, they're very obviously inexpensive, inexpensive to produce. Um, you know, if you buy them, you're not paying any taxes. You're not paying any fees. Um, you can use them on your computer. You can print them off. You can do whatever you want. So I was like, I kind of like that idea. Like, I want to do that, but like with the Cavs and, and the championship. But I needed an artist because I, I am very much not an artist at all. And the one guy I kept coming back to was, was Oliver Barrett. And he's done, uh, I mean, he, he does work. He does movie posters. He does um, board games. He's done work for ESPN, uh, for Disney, uh, just some of the biggest corporations in the world. And he is a Cavs fan who we connected on Twitter. And um, he did just this amazing piece for ESPN in 2018 when LeBron was um, making his decision where he was going to go. And uh, he had this like artwork where it was like LeBron's arms, like wrapped around the skyline of Cleveland. And he had his family and like, he had all these like little details in there. And in the background, there's like a little Swenson's restaurant and stuff. And I was just like, wow, like he, he nailed that. Like the details that is everything he went into it. And that's really where I became a fan of his. So I reached out to him in January and I said, Hey, I got an idea for this project. Um, you know, the five-year anniversary is coming up in June. This is what I'm thinking. Uh, we, we did a, like a two-hour video call one night. And I said, you know, we just pitched ideas back and forth. And he, he basically said, I'm in. You know, this is something I'm interested in. Um, he had season tickets for the Cavs in 2016. He, he described it as like one of the best times of his life. Um, he's since moved to Austin, Texas. And, it, you know, he, I think for him, it was, it was like a passion project. And I said, you know, these are my ideas but you have full creative control. I said, the only thing is I need a shirtless J.R. Smith in here. I need a picture of a shirtless J.R. Smith at the parade celebrating. And he said, Oh yeah, I can do that. Um, and I said, I want like, you know, this just the best moments of the 2016 finals and I'm going to write about them and I'm going to put in stats and quotes and just really do this deep dive on these moments that everybody knows and everybody recognizes, but this really, you know, takes you inside those moments and I wanted him to illustrate it and kind of bring those moments to life. So what we did is we compiled the six best moments that we thought were the, the most important moments of the, of the 2016 finals and after, and we put them in this illustrated essay. And the final essay came out to be 32 pages long. Um, he has six just, just incredible pieces of art in them. I, I think you guys have seen them too, where he's got Le LeBron swooping in for the block and it's just like, he's got this blur of colors behind him and he's got this crown floating over his head. We got shirtless J.R. Smith in there. We got a like Kevin Love stop 
on Stephen Curry. He's got like the crazy eyes like he does in that one picture. He's got like eight arms behind him. Is you know, he looks like like Dr. Octopus trying to like play defense on him. Like he really just did such a tremendous job illustrating this thing where um, like, like I said, it, it kind of just pays homage to that team. It's something if, if you just look at it online, it looks great. I've printed out a copy. It's something, you, you know, you put on your coffee table. It's a great conversation piece. If you have, you know, Cavs fans that come over and they want to look at it and it's not a 300 page book where you have to sit down and devote like hours and hours and hours to your life. So the other point of it was we wanted to do, we, we didn't want this to just be about us. Like we wanted to have some sort of benefit. Um, you, Cause like Shay Serrano, who I talked about, like always does raises money for charities and people in need. And I said, well, I, w- I want to do something that's going to benefit a Cleveland area charity. And so we went back and forth and I said, well, what do you think about these? And, and I said, well, I want to do something that involves kids. Cause I, I have three kids. I have a six, four and two year old. Um, he is, he has a young son who's either two or three. And I said, I want to do something that, that helps kids and helps Cleveland. And so, you know, doing research with that, we've, we kind of landed on the, the boys and girls clubs of Cleveland. Um, they work with at-risk youth in the Cleveland area. They, they do summer programs, they do, uh, after-school programs for kids that really, you know, they, they don't have a safe place to go after school. Parents are working, um, and they really provide programs for them and, and do a lot of great work. So, um, for this project, uh, it's, it's $10. Like I said, it's, it's 32 pages. You get all of the artwork, you get all the, the moments, the writing, the stats, the quotes, um, there's some, a lot of original stuff that I put in there before too. Um, and then of that $10, 10% is going straight to the boys and girls clubs of Cleveland. So it's every copy you buy, it's automatic dollar goes to them. So we're happy to do it. Um, you know, in the long run, if, if we don't make a lot of money off of it with all the time we put into it, that's fine. Um, but I think it's a really cool project and it, it does benefit a Cleveland area charity. So we were, we were really excited to, to release this and kind of celebrate the, the five-year anniversary of the Cavs championship. Evan, do you have nothing, do you have nothing to say? I thought you were going to lead off, so we'll cut back in. Um, so I'm just looking through the, I mean, first off, everyone, if you haven't checked this out yet, you absolutely should. Uh, Chris and I both got a copy. Um, it's awesome. I think what you're doing, Greg, giving back with 10% of the sales going towards it is great too. I think that's a, awesome thing but i have to ask was how easy of a decision was it to have uh delhi in the hawaiian shirt pointing as one of like it's along the liners for the page numbers but that's one of my favorite details like this book is so cram packed with details um how hard was it not or how hard was it to boil down certain moments to like finalize the art because there's a lot of iconic shots and stuff that came after it too like i know you said shirtless jr was like full stop what you wanted yes. the most but there's other things as well that just come from this. Like how hard of a decision was it for you to finalize these things? Yeah. So I, I, I made a document um, that I shared with Oliver when we were kind of going through the the process of putting it all together. And I just went online and I, I probably pulled 30 to 40 images that I thought, you know, when I think of that team and I, when I think of that era and that moment, these are what I think of. And I, I didn't want him to just redraw those. Like I wanted him to put his own creative, touch on them, which, which he's done with a lot of these. Um, and, and one of those that I put in was, was, was Delhi 
at uh, Excess Nightclub in in Las Vegas, where you know you have. It was just hilarious to me. I'm 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 going back and I'm doing research because one of the the moments in here is the party, which you know is the final the final chapter. Okay, we have you know the Cavs going to Las Vegas. We have the championship parade. You know that that's what this is. This is a celebration. This is a celebration that the Cavs may never have again, and probably at least won't have for a very long time. And that was one of the the images that I put in was was Delhi um, rocking the Corona can. He's wearing the Tommy Bahama little Kev shirt, and and that was um, that was Oliver's idea to just put him as the the page marker on every page. So in all thirty two pages, you get a a little Matthew Delvedova pointing at you rocking a can of Corona. So um, that was that was definitely one of the important details we felt needed to go into this. Obviously, Corona, just an essential uh, product for that for that time. Um, Greg, is there anything that you felt like you didn't get in there that you wanted to put in there that for whatever reason you couldn't get it in these? Uh, I think we got most of it in. Uh, we kind of looked at, we're like, okay, you know, we have to have the block. We have to have the shot. We have to have the stop. Um, those were the three that obviously everybody, you know, kind of associates with it. And we said, what are, what are the other, you know, main part what are what are the things we we just can't leave out and i said well i want to do you know something with the parade and the the trip to vegas and and all that um i said you know game game five was obviously just incredibly important when you look at you know after game four they're down three one um you know all hope looks lost and then Kyrie and and lebron that's the game each of them come out they drop 41 each um it's the only time in nba finals history teammates have scored 40 points or more in a game um, I just thought that was okay. That has to be in there. And then I said, you know, that the press conference with LeBron where, you know, Clay Thompson goes up first and talks about it being a man's league and LeBron got his feelings hurt. And then LeBron's like laugh afterwards is just, I, I just feel like that's such an iconic moment. And that really just like, not that LeBron needed the extra motivation, but just to hear that, it's like you just knew, like, okay, Clay really messed up. <laughs> like the Warriors, they, they might be in a little bit of danger now. And uh, so Oliver's got that in, and he kind of put like three images together where you've got LeBron doing his chuckle, you've got Clay, and then you've got like this ominous uh, picture of LeBron behind uh, from that 3 1 graphic where it says, no team has ever come back. Um, from a 3-1 deficit in NBA Finals history where he's got the shades on and Oliver blended all three in one picture. I thought he just he just did a phenomenal job. So um, the, those were the, the six that really stood out and those were the ones that I felt we needed. And I thought, you know, if, if we make it to the 10-year anniversary, we can add, you know, four more in and make it 10 moments in 10. But these were, these were the six that really I felt we needed to have in. You, you mentioned this with us before we started recording and a little bit when you started too, when we started as well, um, how fun was it just to relive a lot of these moments too, and really do like a serious deep dive because you were covering the Cavs and they're at their apex for Bleacher Report. And right. I can't Wait, you, you mean the current Cavs are not at their apex? Wow. Uh, all right, Chris, let's, um, let's not be, let's not be persnickety like you usually are. You crotchety old fella, but, it's an OU thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just come to me when your school wins a national title. Evan, you don't even care about the sport. Continue. I want to. No, 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 no. Continue. I'm over this. Continue. I'm just curious, Greg. What was your 
like how fun was it to just kind of like it's not even like a trip down memory lane i mean yeah, i guess it is but you're really doing a deep dive like you're extremely thorough in your notes and in your writing but you had to have fun reliving this right yeah no for sure i mean a lot of it is you know it, it has been five years so you're you're looking back and you say yeah i i remember a lot of it but then when you rewatch it and a lot of these plays like you know you get on youtube and they're all over the place but you slow them down to like a quarter of the speed and you're watching, you know, what's happening on the ball. Now you're watching what's happening off the ball, what's happening on the bench, what's happening in the crowd. It's just stuff like that, that I never, you know, I never did at the time. Um, one of the fun things that, uh, you know, I, I'm doing, I call it research. I'm watching, you know, videos of them at Las Vegas. Unfortunately, I didn't get an invite um, to the Las Vegas party after they won the title. So I, I'm reduced to watching videos online. And one of the videos I'm watching, and this this one of these notes made the the essay that we did. So the Cavs are they they get into it's it's called Excess Nightclub. Uh, it's at the Wynn Hotel Complex in Las Vegas. So they're they're being introduced. They're coming in. They've got like this video montage of of the the finals that just went on. The first song that plays when they come in the club and they're being introduced is, is all the way up. Fat Joe, a bunch of other people. One of the lyrics in that song. And you can't make this up. One of the lyrics in that song is I'm Steph Curry in the clutch. This is the very first song that's playing Hour, uh, mind you hours before this hours before they're in the club and they're, they're, they're listening to the lyric. I'm Steph Curry in the clutch. Curry has just gone six of 19 shooting and one of six in the fourth quarter. I mean, like what <laughs> if, if you want to look at irony, like, what are the odds that, you know, this is the first song they play talking about how clutch Steph Curry is when he just blows a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals after he's the unanimous MVP and shoots 31.6% from the game and 16% in the fourth quarter. Like, that's something I, I didn't know before I did this. And I'm like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, wait, 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 what did that song just say? And it's just, fun, you know, I, I try to fill this essay with kind of fun notes like that where, you know, you probably missed the first time. Um, and, and, and I'll throw one more at you. Um, the stop, you know, you think of Kevin Love guarding um, Stephen Curry. I know David Griffin wanted to call it the D at the time. And LeBron like shut that down at the parade. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not calling it the D. Um, so when they did that, uh, Kevin Love's playing defense on him. And there's this moment where, you know, you're kind of fixated on Curry and you're fixated on Love. If you're watching that play off the ball, uh, LeBron and Tristan are, are both kind of they they're they're watching Curry because I think LeBron's like oh crap he's gonna beat him I need to be here at the rim well as he's doing that he takes his eye off uh, Harrison Barnes who's he's supposed to be defending and um, Tristan Thompson who's supposed to be guarding Andre Iguodala they got they got switched up um, just at one point Harrison Barnes is wide open for three <laughs> and Andre Iguodala is wide open for three. And like nobody like notices it. And you've got like Matthew Delvadova on the sidelines, like screaming at them to like get back to their guy. And so Steph Curry, you know, he gets the ball the first time and he makes that pass to Draymond before Draymond, Draymond gives it back. And a lot of people know that I'm watching that play again. I don't think Curry's making that pass to Draymond Green because at that same time, Harrison Barnes has realized LeBron is not watching him. He goes over to the three-point line uh, on the right side. Curry's pass, if you watch it again, is actually high. Draymond has to jump up to get it, fumbles the pass, and then throws it back. I think he's making that pass 
to a wide open Harrison Barnes. And then you ask yourself, well, how much would that have changed the finals? Had he completed that pass, had Draymond not gotten the way, if Harrison Barnes hits that three, we've got a tie game. Like that, that's an incredible, you know, what if in the NBA finals. So it's stuff like that, that, you know, I realized when I went back and I researched and I did all this stuff that, um, you know, obviously things could have been a lot different. It, it worked out the way it did. Thank goodness. So, but it's just stuff like that. I tried to put in the essay that maybe, you know, people wouldn't have picked up on before. I, I the one last thing I want to ask Greg, before we head into a break here and go on to you pitching us trades. Um, is there anything about the title that you feel like has, what do you, what do you feel like about the title has aged the best? Like what, what is like the five year away winner of, of the title? Is there a moment that you wrote about? Is there a player? Is there something about that title that you feel like has aged well in a way that, um, you know, maybe like we, we should talk about it more or maybe should talk about it even more than we already are. Um, I have an answer for this. I've been thinking about this a lot. First. I, I clearly think it's um, the, the immediate aftermath of the game, just like the raw emotion of it all. Um, yeah. And I think kind of coinciding with that, I think you can go find the NBA still has up the last like five minutes of the game, like up on YouTube or whatever. That basketball remains some of the most tense basketball we could watch at any given time. Yes. That basketball remains like, like, you know, what's going to happen. We've all watched it a lot. I watched it when I read your thing. I watched it before I read the seat, watch the secret base episodes uh, that, that I've worked on slash already out. And <laughs> that is just, I don't know if I will ever feel like tense as tense watching basketball as I, as I did in that exact moment. Right. Like I, I think that has, it's just remarkable to me how well that that basketball just remains like extremely, extremely uh, challenging. No, I, I 100% agree. It's the, I think it's the, the, the final 339 um, of game seven. And I don't know how many times I went back and watched that. I, I literally, like I have it up on the TV and it feels like I'm watching it for the first time. And I know what's going to happen. I'm still like getting nervous. I'm still like, oh, no, no, go, go, go guard him. Get a hand in his face. Like I'm still like, and it's so stupid because it's like, I know what's going to happen. And it, I obviously I, I saw it live and I already went through those emotions, but it's like all those emotions just come back. And then, like you said, like uh, that final buzzer goes off um, and it's like the first two people to embrace, right. Are LeBron and Kevin love. And I just, I feel like that's so poetic because those two obviously did not have the best relationship for those two years. Right. Like you, you had to fit in the fit out. You had LeBron having to go recruit uh, Kevin Love in, in L.A. poolside to get him to come back to the Cavs that season. And those were the first two that, like, embraced. And then you have, um, you have, you have Ty Lue, who's on the bench, and he literally, like, doesn't move. Like, he just puts his head in his hands and just, like, like sobs. Like, he just can't believe it. And you're just overwhelmed by this, the moment. And I remember, like, at the time, like, like I, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I cried. Because I like, I was just like, you're so stressed out for that entire game watching it. And then it's over and you won. And then it's like, you know, for old guys like me, it's like, oh my God, like I've gone 30 years and, and never seen a title. And obviously a lot of people in Cleveland have gone much, much longer. So um, just reliving it and rewatching it, it, it just brings up all these emotions. And, and like you said, it's like you, you kind of get goosebumps even watching it again when, even though you know what's going to happen. 
Evan, is there anything you want to add before we, we pay some bills here? I'm just thinking of underrated moments. Like, like you said, the raw emotion is unbelievable. And I do think about how the, when the chase down did their rewatch of it last year and they had all those guests on like Justin Rowan talked about how he's afraid when he watches rewatches the end of game seven, that it's going to have a different outcome. I sometimes have that feeling too. Cause I'm like, it, it still doesn't feel real at times. Cause I can't help but have like a stupid cheesy grin on my face every time because I don't want to speak on your guys' behalf because you're both married and Greg has kids. But for me, at least this was the happiest moment of my life and up to this point and like nothing has ever touched it. Like it's a feeling that I'll always be chasing because it's just those straight euphoria for hours on end. Cause I remember I was with my brother and we were trying to get out of town and it's just like, we stopped to get gas actually. And just everybody's laying on their horn and just cheering and having fun. And like, it was just a cool moment. And if the Cavs ever win a title again, it'll be really cool. But I just, and if the Browns win the Super Bowl, Cleveland will burn to the ground, like no exaggeration, but I just don't think I'll ever recapture that moment just because of how special it was. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's right. All right, let's pay some bills. Evan, first up, we got the ultra moment of the week. Now, I was going to correct you at first when he said, you should always enjoy a nice cold Corona when I'm like, Chris, well, you know, Corona, like, you know, Corona, he's thinking of Delhi. I'm yeah, thinking of Delhi in that moment. Obviously, I would have got the Michelob, or I would have yeah, got Delhi. Should have gotten a Mickey Ultra, man. He's yeah, 95 keys. You know, I mean, he looked hydrated like a year later. He's got to be thinking about this stuff. But look, tough choice pick for me this week, Evan. But uh, my Ultra moment, just watching the playoffs, just Chris Paul destroying Demarcus Cousins with that little shimmy going to with his left hand and scoring over Demarcus. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible moment. Happy for the point. Got happy. He's, I, th- I think the Suns got to be the favorites to win the finals at this point. And for me, that, that moment brought me a lot of joy, a lot of happiness. I enjoyed the hell out of it. So I think for me, that's the, the ultra moment of the week from the playoffs for me. Yeah, it really was the ultra moment of the week. And for those Cavs enthusiasts out there, root for Devin Booker because Colin Sexton will be that good one day. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember, it's only worth it if you enjoyed. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment is in the end game. It's the whole game again. Check out Michelob Ultra. Uh, go get a nice cold one. Enjoy it after on a nice hot day. It's incredibly hot out there for very you know reasons, but might as well just stay cool with, with a Michelob. Also, it's road to the finals time. And Evan, again, let's talk about the Suns. Uh, incredible. Yeah. This is their third ever finals. They did make the playoffs last year. This team rules. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm just very happy for the Phoenix Suns, their fans. And uh, I highly recommend checking out Lockdown Suns with Brendan Clean for one of the biggest Steve Ballmer uh, dunks I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, no, and if you want to hear more about our finals coverage, it's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this postseason. Okay, Greg, the floor is yours. You're going to pull up, hit the shot over Steph for the second time. It's just yeah. your, It's like the edge of tomorrow loop. It's it's fitting that UA alum is, is a NBA hypothetical GM. And he's going to take advantage of the Ohio University. All I'm going to say is that, like, Evan, if I didn't have, like, a, a bachelor party I have to attend that day, that I'm looking forward to attending. But there, Ohio is playing Akron in the TBT tournament in Columbus. And uh, it would have been fun to go and, and uh, talk some shit to you for a whole afternoon. Yeah. Say love you, I guess. Next year. Anyway, Greg, pitch us some trades. All right. So here's what we're going to do. 
I am the opposing general manager in these hypotheticals. You guys are running the Cavaliers front office. Uh, Kobe Altman is, uh, he's on vacation. You guys have taken over. Follow so Greg, I'm going to Greg, Greg, look, follow you, haven't, you haven't, you haven't heard the Cavs media controls the front office. I so, have heard that. Yeah. Twitter so, told while, me that while I'm so here, I just want to tell you, uh, follow the owner's son's Instagram account to continue. I'll, I'll do that if I ever get an Instagram. Okay. So I'm going to pitch you these trades and I'm going to really try to talk you into it because I'm the other team. I want you guys to agree to this. You can either say yes, right away. You can say, no, we're not even close. Or you can say, okay, but let's, let's change this or let's add this. All right. So hypothetical number one, this is, I'm going to start you guys with off with an easy one. This is one that's, that's been kind of floated out there. I'm Daryl Morey. I'm with the 76ers and I'm going to pitch you a Ben Simmons, who is a two-time all-star. He is a runner up for defensive player of the year. He's still young. He's improving. And when he puts that jump shot together, whole buddy, uh, he's going to be an all world player. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the opportunity to trade for Ben Simmons, right? The only, and, and as a bonus, I'm going to take back Kevin love. I know you want to get rid of Kevin. You want to get off his contract. I'm going to take back Kevin love. And I want Colin Sexton. So that that's it. It's, it's been floated out there before. I want your opinion. I'm giving you Ben Simmons to the Cavs, Kevin love Colin Sexton to the 76ers. What say you? I say, yes, Absolutely. Yeah, I do too. This is this is well, well, uh, on the condition that when we meet with Rich Paul, because I know we'll meet with Rich Paul, that he smooths things over with Ben when we say we want him to play the four and not play point guard for the Cavaliers. You if, can work that out later, but it, it, know, as long but as we have a deal in place, we have a I deal. Mean, in, I think we have a okay. deal in place. This is a zero hesitation move for me on my part. Yeah, this is a clear town plan. I think you go for it. I would also accept, and I think you're going to say no. I would also accept instead of Colin Sexton, I would take Darius Garland. Yeah, that's going to be a no. That's also going to be a no for me because, in theory, I like the pairing of Garland and Simmons more than I do Sexton and Simmons. The, uh, the I'm 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 going back to Greg. I'm not Daryl right now, but the one time I talked to Ben Simmons, I asked him about Darius Garland. That was uh, the one time I I talked to him because they were both clutch guys and they were playing like pick up all in the summer and, and he had nice things to say about Darius. So maybe he'd be happy with that. Who knows? The Cavs do have a good working relationship with clutch like that. They are one of the teams that I think has like a good working relationship with clutch. Um, that like that, that's not a, like, it's not like a CAA Knicks thing, but it's like, they're, they're, they're on good terms. Yeah. Well, we gave J.R. Smith $60 million. So we better be on good terms. All right. <laughs> I literally just, right. Spit, I literally just spit up my water thinking about that. <laughs> we gave Tristan Thompson $82 million. So we better honest, be on honestly, good terms. Honestly, honestly, it's fine. You want a title, whatever. Yeah. I know. Okay. All right. So, all right. We got a deal there. All right. So we're going to let, let's, let's, let's wipe the board clean. Cavs rosters back to regular here. Okay. Uh, Toronto Raptors are calling now. Okay. The Raptors are sitting at four in the draft. The Cavs are sitting at three. The Raptors really want to get Evan Mobley. Jalen Green has already gone off the board. At number two to Houston, the Raptors, they, they want Mobley. They want him to be their franchise center and they're willing to pay for him. All right. So we're going to swap three and four. So the Cavs are going to move down to four. Raptors are going to move up to three. We're going to give you Pascal Siakam and we're going to take back Kevin Love. So you are, you're losing out on Mobley. You're losing out on one of the top three guys. So you're going to have to settle for a Kaminga or a Barnes or Jalen Suggs, but you're getting Siakam. 
and you're getting off love's deal, what say you? I really see, like is, see, that's Siakam's, the reaction I wanted. I, I want well, you to think I, about. I, it. I, I personally yes, I think Siakam's actually kind of underrated right now. That's my see, take. That's that's how I feel too. He's twenty seven, so he's he's. But he's the Cavs, not... if I if I'm taking over for Kobe, even if he's like on vacation, I have pressure to win now, right now, and Siakam you is do. like like Siakam's a win now guy, and he would fix a lot of things. So, uh, like I'm I'm saying yes. Like we no got hesitation. one yes. No hesitation, yes, Chris. I'm like it's like a five percent hesitation. I had a long pause there. There was hesitation. Greg, can we sidebar real quick? Yeah. Chris, who would we want to take with a four then? Uh you could take I mean you could go a lot of I, I would probably go Barnes at four. Or or really? yeah, yeah. You want are you gonna how are you gonna play him then? Because Evan, you, have... you know how many multi-tool forwards you need in the modern NBA? You need all of them. I understand that, Christopher, but how are you going to play him, Nance, Siakam? Siakam plays some five. Nance can play the five. Like the lack this of is shooting fine. is abhorrent. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Like you're. That's I not just gonna... wrote a story about how Colin Sexton's shot profile needs to improve, and he needs to uptake his three point percentage. Yeah, we're not, because... We haven't traded Colin Sexton yet. That hasn't happened oh, in this oh, trade. Oh, yet? Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm smelling what you're stepping in now. Okay, I'm just, I'm back, just saying. Back to the table here. I'm going to say. Yes, but I have a 15% hesitation on this because I think Siakam is underrated right now. I don't think his value is tanked like Ben Simmons has. And I think he does a lot of winning things for the Cavs. But I also wonder if you remove him from Cleveland or sorry, from Toronto and put him in Cleveland, you get the same results because Nick Nurse is a hell of a coach offensively. So, but I'd say yes. Who, Who do you take it for? Well, apparently Scotty Barnes well, here. Okay, tell Mr. me, Mr. Tell, Mr. Tell me otherwise. Uh, probably Jalen Suggs if we're trading Colin Sexton because in theory the pairing of Suggs and Garland pops on but paper. Defensively who said you're trading Colin Sexton though? You don't have to trade Colin Sexton. Yeah, this you is don't a have to. No, no. Trade. During during our sidebar. Okay, hold on, Chris. During our sidebar, you said we haven't traded Colin Sexton yet. You put an emphasis on yet, which means well, it's did, going to happen. You're, you're, this is why we shouldn't do decisions. That we shouldn't be negotiating on Zoom with the other journal managers. Like Masai is like wiping the floor with us right now. We are the someone Brad on the Stevens. office left the art of the deal just around and we didn't read it. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I think you could go. I, I think you could go Suggs or Barnes or I think Suggs or Barnes is a fine pick at four. You got to take Suggs or else you trade that pick because you know other teams would trade up to four to get Suggs if you're not going to take him. Okay, That's so well, true. so let's say, let's just say we take Suggs and and do this trade. All right, so we got two yeses, two yes, yeah. All right, okay, all right. All right. This is this is one that I have not seen floated out. I've seen part of it floated out. So uh, let's see what you think of this one. I'm the Orlando Magic now. Okay. Oh my, oh my god. I I want that third pick, and you know I have the fifth pick and the eighth pick, and I I, I have a feeling you're going to say no, just to move from from five and eight up to three. So I'm going to give you Jonathan Isaac, who yes is coming off an ACL tear, but he should be ready to go for the start of the season. He looked like a potential defensive player of the year when he was healthy um, started to get a three point shot. He's still young. He's under contract for the next four years and he could be your three, your four, your five, wherever you want to put him. Right. So I'm going to give you the fifth overall pick 
the eighth overall pick and Jonathan Isaac, and I went the third overall pick, and to make the money work, I'm going to take back Torian Prince. Why do you, is move, Orlando, do you well, move down from three? Evan, let's sidebar. Why is Orlando doing this? I don't know. They this like is, three. They like let's say three. let's say they can get Jalen Green or they can get Evan Mobley. Let's say they really they really want one of those guys. The Magic are an interesting team because I don't know their I know their thought process. They go for length every single pick, but well, have a new head coach coming in. They're kind of doing a. It seems like they're going to go rebuild now. Mm-hmm. They want that star. They want a star. They have a lot of like average, okay, you know, promising guys. They want a star, and if they think they can get Jalen or they can get Evan, this is why they do it. Evan, but so they what's could, it? They could have me for that money, but um, <laughs> Evan, five and okay, so five and eight is like some combo of. Like, is it Kuminga and it Wagner? Be, it could be Kuminga or Scotty Barnes, and then probably Wagner and Jalen Johnson. Or Keon Johnson, maybe. Yeah. Is that. Do you, do you think if we reapproached and asked for Chuma OKK as well, and we can get maybe send a player their way, we could make this work? Because OKK really intrigues me. I'm also I, very scared of Isaac's injury. I'm just scared of so the injury stuff. That's, that's why I kind of don't want to do this because of the Isaac injury thing. I mean, I don't want to do it because I think this is a four-player draft, and then you really are drafting for rotational pieces yeah. or maybe players with upside that hopefully work out. Like Kuminga is an upside play, and the Cavs don't have the time to take an upside. Play well, they're, like they're, that. they do have the time. They're choosing not to take it. Would be my saying. That's what we're doing. Um, well, if we're general managers, they'd have the time, but Kobe Altman probably has. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, yeah, I just don't trust the Isaac injury stuff. Same. So I would need just, like a lot of medical no. background. So I'm gonna say, let's say no. Uh, uh, Greg, say, uh, yeah, uh, say no. Weltman, we're saying no. All right, we got two no's. All right. right. Or like, All I, right. we we got to take a break though. We got to you know pay some bills. Evan, uh, I think you're telling us about our friends at Rock Auto. I certainly am. And as the ad copy loads, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money while using Rock Auto. While I spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership, Rock Auto's prices are reliably low and are for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. They also have new parts for an AC system. If you are a regular listener, last summer I had to replace my AC system and I saved four or 500 bucks using Rock Auto, so I highly recommend them. If you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? They know that we sent you. All right, we're back. Greg, I'm put having, on. I'm having fun with these hypotheticals because that Siakam one is still, I'm still chewing on that. I'm trying to make bit. you think. I mean, that, that's the goal of this. I don't want these to be obvious. I want you to think about it a little bit and say, okay, what honestly, like, what would I do? So. Um, all right, the next one, I will, uh, this is exciting because I, I just got my job. My name is Nico Harrison. I am now running the Dallas Mavericks. I don't know how I got this job or how I'm qualified okay. for it, but actually, somehow in, I'm in, in the Nico, GM. Nico, in your defense, I actually think this is like, although the D- Dallas can do very weird things, I actually kind of think you make a lot of sense as, as for what Dallas is trying to do. Oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here, here's what I, I need to get another star next to Luca, right? And I, I'm willing to take back Kevin Love to do this if I can get a star. So here's what I'm going to do. B- 
before you turn down Chris Stapp's Porzingis, I, I just want I just want to remind you that last year in the playoffs, he averaged twenty four points, nine rebounds, and shot fifty two percent from three. This year in the regular season, twenty points, nine rebounds, one point three blocks, thirty seven percent from three. He had a rough he had a rough series this year. I will give you that. He did not have a good start. He did not have a good series against the Clippers. I will give you that. But he's still young. He's only 25 years old. And he could still be a good player for you. And I'm not just giving you Porzingis either. But here's what I'm offering. I'm going to give you Chris Stapp's Porzingis. I'm going to give you Jalen Brunson, who's going to be your backup point guard, 24 years old. He's one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. I'm going to give you my first round pick from last year, Josh Green, that shooting guard, a lot of upside. And I'm going to give you my 2025 first round pick, top 10 protected. That's the first time I can trade a first round pick because I, you know, I got to pay the Knicks. So I'm going to give you all that. And I'm going to take back Kevin Love. But you got to give me Colin Sexton too. What do you think? I say no. I want nothing to do with Porzingis. Porzingis has three years left on his deal. Kevin Love has two. I that's three years too many for me. And I'm I'm pretty out on Porzingis for for reason for lots of reasons. I am too. Even with Brunson, Green, and a first round pick, I, twenty that first round pick is probably going to be probably kind of bad. Green showed really nothing last year. Um, Brunson, I'm gonna have to pay soon. And like I don't, you're you're basically asking me to commit to paying him and Porzingis for like if I'm getting him, I have to pay him. I'm saying I'm saying no to this. I'm not interested in Porzingis at all. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no as well because I had to double check Jalen Brunson's height and I don't know why we would six one want, six one. Why would we want to commit money to another short point guard if we aren't gonna commit money to a short shooting guard? All right, and I also don't know how I feel about the Sexton. Don't you fit in theory? Well, you don't have to worry about that. That's my I job know. to worry about I'm, that. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking for. I'm, I'm looking out for. I'm looking out for the new guy too. I'm not gonna take. You don't have to worry about Dallas. Who cares it, about it's, Dallas? It's, this it's is the, all about. Cleveland. It's the UA connection. In theory. All right. So we got two nos. Two nos. All right. I got two more for you. Okay. okay. Now, because uh, we're moving in the Western Conference. I understand if you don't want to trade Colin to the East, okay, he's going to terrorize you for the next 10 years. All right, we want to move him out West, right? I'm going to give you my first three-team deal, okay? Oh. Now, this is where we, we take advantage of a desperate team. And I think New Orleans is going to be a desperate team because they just fired their head coach. I am now David Griffin. I'm running this Pelicans front office. I got to get better soon because, yeah. you know, Zion Williamson's family apparently hates it here. Um, I have all this young talent. I have all these draft picks, but what I don't have is a guy I compare with Zion Williamson, who is going to be an alpha, who's going to be an all-star every year. So I want to go get Damian Lillard and I am willing to move heaven and earth to get him and pair him with Zion. Okay. So I, I'm going to let you in on this deal. Here's what, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I'm bringing in Damian Lillard. I am going to send Brandon Ingram to Cleveland in this deal. You would love Brandon Ingram. Six foot eight. He's a playmaker. He's a scorer. He's already under contract. He's only making $29 million this year. That's a steal for him. He's still young. He's going to be your starting small forward. This, this is all I ask in return. 
Okay. So for Brandon Ingram, I want Colin Sexton. I want Isaac Okoro and throw in Torian Prince to make the money work. And then Torian Prince is going to go to the trailblazers for money. The blazers are going to get Colin Sexton. They're going to get Isaac Okoro. They're going to get Jackson Hayes. They're going to get the 2021. Um, I think it's the 11th overall pick in the draft from new Orleans. And then what other draft picks I have to send to, to Portland to get Damian Lillard. So you are getting Brandon Ingram. You're giving up Sexton, Okoro, and Torian Prince. So you get to pair Brandon Ingram with Darius Garland. You keep the third overall pick in the draft and you still have Jared Allen and Kevin Love and Larry Nance and all, all these other guys. What do you think? Evan, can we sidebar? Sure. Can, can we counter with a future protected pick instead of Okoro? Yeah. If Greg is willing to negotiate how far in the like, future is in 2022. Yeah. Do like lottery protected and then like top five protected the year after. If he pushes back with top 10 protected, would you still say yes? Yeah. Okay. Let's present it. All right, Greg, I want to counter. We have a counter. All right, let's hear it. So uh, we're going to do, we would like to take a core off the table mm. and we want to give you a top 10 protected pick in the 2022 draft. And if that doesn't convey, you get a t- it's a top five protection next year. We're, we can, we can negotiate those, the, those, if you need to. I would have to talk to Portland about that, but you know, we potentially have a deal, but you're okay with, you're okay with Colin. You're okay with, with Prince. I assume you're okay with, but you're okay with yeah. Colin and then another significant asset to get Ingram. Yes. I prefer, yes. I would, I, for me, I would prefer the pick because I think Okoro is an offensive piece next to Ingram as a three, depending on they're playing two, three or three, four is, is just really, really intriguing. Agreed. No, I like that deal too. Um, sidebar. Do you think Portland does that? Is that enough for, for Lillard, I don't think Dame's going to New Orleans is the thing, Mm-mm. unless it is a straight up. Sw- I, I I don't know. I think Brandon Ingram is going to be used as leverage so to get Damian Lillard. I just don't think Dame is going to be like I want to go to New Orleans, and that's gonna that like I think he's gonna push. He's gonna go somewhere different. I mean, that would probably depend on how much he really like. I know Zion's young, but he's obviously like really good. And then you still have hypothetically, you still have Lonzo Ball. Josh Hart, those guys are both restricted free agents. You have Bledsoe, you have Stephen Adams, you have Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, you still have talent on there, and you still have picks. I mean, you could still go out and try to get a third guy if you wanted. I don't know. I guess it would depend on how much you like Zion, but yeah, Zion might be a little young for him to want to team up with at this point. So the framework of the deal is Ingram to Cleveland and Cavs send out a future pick Sexton and Torian Prince. Yes, I do. I do that very fast. Oh, so would I. Yeah, yeah. If, I, it, if I, it brings I, back Brandon Ingram, absolutely. I think that'd be amazing if we could get him. I think he'd be such a good fit. All right, last one. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yes. So this one is just straight picks. Okay, straight picks. No players. Let's say you really want Kate Cunningham. And the Pistons, like, you know, they're sending out the message that, you know, we really like Cade. We're not going to trade back. But you get the feeling that they really like Jalen Green or Evan Mobley, too. So they, they, they might be willing to move back to three. So if you're the Caps, would you trade the third overall pick and an unprotected 2022 first rounder to move up to number one? 
So this is basically like an upgrade on the Luca deal. This is yeah, it's it's the Luca deal, but there's no protection on the pick next year. You are banking on we are going to be at least you know not a bottom ten team next year. Maybe we're not a playoff team, but we're not going to be you know picking in the top ten. That's what you're banking on yourself doing with this trade. So is that worth it to move up to get Cade? Or are you happy staying at three and keeping your pick next year? I'd say yes, Chris. I do too. Kate, you give up unprotected like next year to move Here, up two spots. Can I, can I tell you why? Yeah. I think Kate is the, like, I really like Jalen Green. I really am. In, I'm getting more and more intrigued by Evan Mobley. I haven't really, I, I'm a Jalen Suggs oh, believer, right? What I, what I think about Cade is that, is that Cade Cunningham is the one prospect in this class, even if he's not Luka Doncic level. He's not. He's not. The way that is, he's really intriguing is that he can ma- help you make all the other stuff you have on your roster, see how it fits all together, and it gives you – it. he organically will help you buy some time to figure out what works and what doesn't, and you can build with him. And whatever comes after this year, whether it's like, you know, you got to retool around him quick, quickly with some of the guys that don't work, or you found something immediately – I think he's the guy that unlocks things more cleanly than everyone else, and I, I would do this. Do you think Detroit would consider it? I don't no. think so. I don't think Detroit would consider it because I'm bullish. I liked a lot of the moves the Pistons made draft-wise and free agency-wise. I think Jeremy Grant really blossoming like he did was a surprise. I No one expected, myself included, but I still like Jeremy Grant a lot. Um, but... I think Cade really does. He solves a lot of problems for these teams in the top four, but for Detroit, it's that jolt of star power that really pushes them up. And I think they would be a serious play in threat and probably flirting with the eight, the seventh or eighth seed a lot too. What did, um, what did Boston give up to get up to, what did Philly give up to, to get up to one to take Fultz? Let me look that up. It was uh, it, it was almost the same thing. It was just a future first rounder. I forget what the protection was on it. Top three, maybe top five. I don't know. Obviously, yeah. that was a, a very good trade for them. Yeah, not so much for Philly. Um, no, for Boston, sure, absolutely. Um, so to recap, you would trade Colin Sexton and Kevin Love for Ben Simmons. Correct. You would trade Kevin Love in the third overall pick to the Raptors for Pascal Siakam and the fourth overall pick, you would trade, you would not trade. No. Would you trade for Jonathan Isaac? No, I said no, we, the, we the said injuries, no. the injuries. Right. Okay. So the, that was number three and Prince for number five, eight and Isaac. You would not do that. Um, absolutely. No on the Dallas trade, which love and sex in for Przingis Brunson green first round pick. We said no to that. Mm-hmm. Um, we said yes to get Ingram if it didn't involve Isaac Coral. If you could send out Sexton, Prince, future first rounder. And then we're saying yes to the unprotected in 2022 and the third overall pick to move up to one. That's right. Yep, that's all is correct. That, is that too much thinking? Is that I know that's no. a lot. So Maybe if you have a degree from Athens, Ohio. But no, I, I, I comprehended all there that. It is. There it is. Just I hate it. Which Greg, which one of those trades is your favorite? Mine is my desire of the Ingram. I think the one that are like in theory the most realistic, but all but like also sort of the most interesting to me are the Cade one and the in the Ingram one. 
Not even the Siakam one. I just don't see why why Toronto wants anything to do with Kevin Love. That that was. I mean, it's more so to make the money work. Pascal Siakam makes thirty three million. Kevin Love makes thirty one million. It's just that that's if they really want a top three guy. Um, I mean, my favorite is Ingram. If we can get Brandon Ingram, I mean, a young guy that's under contract that, you know, shoots a lot of threes. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Playmaking three, this, that'd be great for this roster. Um, Dallas is the one that I set up that I would absolutely say no to. So I was, I was not surprised you guys said no to that. The one I keep going back to is, is, is Ben Simmons. And I don't know. If, if you play him at the four, him and Jared Allen, I don't think are a great fit since neither of them shoot threes. Um, if you keep him at point guard and you have Darius as, him and Darius in your backcourt, I think that could be a lot of fun. Um, but he's the one guy I'm just, I don't know. You know, he, he obviously has such a high ceiling and you, you get off Kevin Love's deal and you don't have to worry about what you have to pay Colin. So I, I see a lot of upside there. But, you know, what if, what if he is what he is and he never gets better offensively that scares me too so I, I i still don't know if i'd do that one or not even though ben simmons is a defensive player of the year type player and his playmaking upside is better than what sexton currently possesses and i know he can't provide spacing but if theoretically if you put spacing around him he works i, I i'm not saying he's not a great player he's no he's, i know he's a really good player but um he makes a ton of money and i i remember like a year ago, like being in the, the locker room when the Sixers visited and like basically doing a story about him not shooting and talking to Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid saying like, yeah, we need him to shoot. <laughs> like that was like a year ago. And I was like, all right, his teammates are already like, like pissed off with him that he's not shooting. Um, so the fact that he really hasn't made a lot of improvements scares me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that would change if, you know, you got him out of the spotlight and you brought him to Cleveland and, and he could really focus on his game. I don't know. So that's, I, I, I'm torn between that one. I think it's a worthy talent play, but I, if you're out on Simmons, I can't really blame you either. Because I like, it's yeah. like I'm out on Porzingis and you could argue like he's had, you know, had very high levels of his career as well. But I'm also just like, look at that. I'm like, I'm good. I'm just, I'm out well, of his, his, his injuries terrify me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a seven foot three guy that's had knee problems and foot problems. Like, yeah, that, 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 no, thanks. I'm out on that too. No, I, I poor Zingas I'm out on Isaac. injury does scare me quite a bit. Um, I'm just confused why the magic would do that because I know five and eight is an ideal and they'd like to get a superstar or not a superstar, but a star quality player. But I think the magic are just a collection of just okay guys. And maybe they're a uh, page. The Cavs could take from of what not to do when it comes to rebuilding. So anyways, that's, that's all I got for you guys. Greg, it's been a pleasure. Give us your favorite Cavs draft prospect before we go. I Jalen green. Um, but I, I will say that if we get Evan Mobley, I'll be very, very happy with that as well. I, I feel the same way. I'm bullish on Evan Mobley, but I think the Rockets... He's got a great first name. Great first name. Great first name. Glad glad, glad you, you're in on the bit. But, um, yeah, no, we really appreciate it. Greg, before you go, why don't you give your project a plug one last time, tell everyone where they can find it, where they can purchase it what you're about, where they can follow you, everything else. And thank you again. Yeah, the project is uh, a wine and gold winner. It's a 32-page illustrated essay. It's it's breaking down the best moments of the 2016 finals for the Cavaliers. If you're a Cavs fan, you should get it. If you're a Warriors fan, you should not get it. 
um, you'll be very disappointed in how it ends. Um, and you can, you can just use my Twitter account. I have the, um, the link to it right in my bio there. Um, Greg Schwartz BR it's on there. Like I said, it's $10, uh, 10% goes to the boys and girls clubs of Cleveland. Um, so if you're interested in it, um, check it out. And, uh, other than that, I'm just continuing my work for bleach report going into year number 11 there. Haven't fired me yet. So, um, you know, appreciate that they keep bringing me back. That is going to be it for this episode of Lockdown Cats. Find us on social at Lockdown Cats. Follow Greg, support his work, and we'll be back uh, next up tomorrow. We'll have our Spotify Green Room rerun, and we'll be back next week with more stuff. And yeah, have a good listen. I got some Sexton nuggets in there. Chris got them out of me. Darn right, I did. I extracted those. But uh, enjoy. Have a happy Fourth of July weekend if you're an American celebrating. If not, just have a good weekend. Everyone should just have a good weekend. That's my take. Hot take there. Until next time, anyway, it's been Lockdown Cavs. Cheers.